creating cultural awareness and understanding. This is Culture Click. Culture Click is written and produced by KQAL FM on the campus of Winona State University. Today on Culture Click, we bring you the first in a two part series on a Minnesota music venue that is truly a hidden gem the Oak Center General Store. The Oak Center General Store, as the name implies, is more than a music venue. It's also a general store, much like your grandparents might remember or like you might see in an old movie. It has also been home to a wood shop and has been the storefront for Earth and Path Organic Farms. The building has housed a general store and community meeting room since its construction in 1913 and its doors were only closed for six short years in the 1970s. In other words, this place has been open and operating for nearly 110 years. If you aren't yet aware of the Oak Center General Store, then you are in for a treat. I'm Bill Stoneberg, and I hope that you enjoy this story of the Oak Center General Store as much as I enjoyed making it. Here's part one of our look into the Oak Center General Store, today on Culture Click. Walking through the front door of the Oak Center General Store is like stepping back in time. As you push the heavy wood door open, a bell rings and you step onto a creaky wood floor. A long mercantile counter runs the length of the room on one side. The other side has an old wooden cooler filled with local sodas and assorted items that need to be kept cold. Throughout the storefront, there are some produce and some food items along with various goods that one might expect to see in a store that caters to those free spirits who might want to do things a little different. If I were to describe my first time walking into this time travel inducing building, I believe I might say something like, it's magic. I first became aware of the Oak Center General Store in early 2020. My partner and I were excited that Eric Koskinen was scheduled to play in Winona, but then we noticed he was also playing near Lake City, Minnesota, and when we clicked on the link to the venue, we saw pictures of the Oak Center General Store. We just had to see Eric there instead. Then, COVID-19 hit. The Eric Koskinen show at Oak Center was canceled along with many others. We were very disappointed. We were very excited to see Mr. Koskinen play, but we were also excited to experience a show at this venue that we had just discovered. The photos of the interior of the venue were so intriguing. It just looked so beautiful and like something from another time. We decided, show or no show, we have to go see this place. So, one Saturday afternoon, we headed to the Oak Center General Store. As we enter the store, we are greeted by two dogs. Then, as we begin to browse around the store, a frail, slow-moving figure appears in the back doorway. It's Stephen Schwen, proprietor and resident of the Oak Center General Store. We greet Stephen and have a little chat informing him that even though the show was canceled, the photos of the venue were so incredible, and since the store was still open, we just had to go see the place for ourselves. So Stephen gave us a tour of the place, all the while imparting little details about the history of the building before and after he acquired it in 1976, and then inevitably mixing in some stories of his involvement in fights for social justice in the hippie movement of the 60s. As it turns out, Stephen Schwen, originally from Blue Earth, Minnesota, was a student of medicine. He became disillusioned with the pursuit of a career in medicine and ended up here, in Oak Center, Minnesota. Oak Center is an unincorporated community that once had a post office, a creamery, 
and various other businesses, including the General Store. The store first opened in 1913 and operated as a general store, implement dealer, and community center until it closed its doors in 1970. Stephen Schwen resurrected the store in 1976. Since that time, Stephen has operated the store in a small farm called Earthen Path Organic Farms, where he grows fruit, herbs, and vegetables to sell in the store and local farmers markets and to contribute to the local CSA, or Community Supported Agriculture Program. Stephen has also operated a music venue in the Meeting Hall upstairs, which folk musician John Smith from Trempeleau, Wisconsin said, it's like playing inside of a guitar. In late 2021, I was asked to write an article about the Oak Center General Store for the Oak Hooch Mountain Echo. The following are the interviews that I did for that article. Stephen and I are seated at the table in the back room of the store, next to the big old wood cook stove that he uses to heat the place. I'm here with Stephen Schwen. He is the owner-operator of the Oak Center General Store and Earthen Path Organic Farms, right? Did I say that right? Yeah, that's right. Okay. You know, in fact, when people cool. call me on the phone and say, can I talk to the manager? And I say, I'm the miss manager. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Does that work for them? Do they like accept that or do they want the real manager? Uh, sometimes they accept it, but sometimes they, they go, well, put me in, charge, put me in, in touch with the, the manager. manager. <laughs> oh, nice. But, but yeah, the, um, this building is quite old and well, I'll have you tell it. Um, what's well, kind of the history of this building, you know? I haven't been here the whole time. Right, you haven't been here the whole time. It's 107 I mean, sometimes years Sometimes it feels old. like that, right? But it's 107 years old, right, this building. Right, and, right, right. Uh, it was built in 1913. Mm-hmm. Um, there, Sophie Seward okay. and A.J. Seward, I mean, her last name was... Before she became a seaward, I can't remember what her last name was, but the stories here in Oak Center were that her parents had the money to, you know, build this store and that stucco house across okay, the across street, the street. Where, where so when I first moved here, mm-hmm. Sophie was living there alone. AJ had long been dead, okay. and the two drunkard sons from having a family that was pretty well off, mm-hmm. considering. Um, you know, the neighborhood. Right. And uh, they were spoiled, rotten, and they were both drunkards. Oh, wow. And uh, um, Tubby, who was not fat at all, he was skinny. Skinny guy, yeah. Um, I think he, he was called Tubby because the they went to school across the street when that school was a one-room uh, one schoolhouse. Uh-huh. And they went to school there, and the teacher teased him, calling him Tubby, I guess because he was so skinny. Oh, wow. Ben, his brother, was, was a little Tubby. Uh-huh. But, uh, but so sure. anyway, the building was built in 1913. Sophie's family had the money. Mm-hmm. A.J. was the, the, um, fine, the, not that he didn't provide the finances, but he was the wheeler dealer. Okay. And uh, A.J. bought and sold Futures, and went up to the Twin Cities to go to the the futures market, and okay. and he would trade on that market with, you know, whether it was, you know, hogs or corn or whatever. Right. And uh, they uh, they had a machine shop set up in a shed that's fallen down since, and it's on the east side of my building here. Okay. 
There's just a kind of a pile of rubble over there. Right. And that's where the shop was? Well, yeah, that's where their machine shop was. Right. And when I first moved in, mm -hmm. it was kind of caving in and the, the wiring that was going through it was all getting stretched. And I, mm -hmm. and I thought, you know what, I need to just tear that down and, and salvage that wiring on right. there. And, but the stories that the local, the stories just kept walking in the door from yeah. the, the day I got this right. place. And so you you acquired it in the 76? 76. 76, okay. Yeah. The 200th anniversary of the Declaration of Independence. Right, right. It was my Declaration was of Independence. That's what I was going to ask <laughs> if it was, yeah. Actually, yeah. before that, I had talked some friends into celebrating a 4th of July by declaring independence and yeah. writing up a... A new declaration right. of independence from the imperialist state of that would have been, uh, I think, back in the days when we were just getting out of Vietnam. Okay. <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. But, uh... So, uh... But this was always... It was always a general store like it is, right? Well, it was more or? a general store than okay. it is now. It okay. was closed for six years when I found it. Okay. So it closed... So it operated up from... 1913. 1913. Okay, from then until 1970, it was open and operating as a store. And they bought and sold wool. Okay. They trucked grain. Oh, wow. That was before the days of baling with baling twine. They had a, a baler that used to bale with wire-tied bales. Oh, wow. Uh -huh. And uh, they sold case equipment. Okay, wow. And... Uh, Moonshine. <laughs> <laughs> All the important things, right? So this was a real kind of important center of this area. It was. It know. was a community center. And this right. store is built on the site of what was the cooperative creamery. Oh, okay. The the old foundation of the the cooperative creamery is still in what I call my backyard. There's, oh, wow. I've had to chop through it a few times when I was trying to plant a tree back oh, there. And wow. I, I saved the bricks that I found uh -huh. in my pasture from when they knocked down that creamery. I right. saved those bricks to rebuild the chimney that had got knocked over when my oh. this big garage on the backside lifted up during one of those tornadoes and, uh -huh. and knocked the chimney over. I rebuilt it all the way up a whole nother story and then built an addition on the flat roof oh, that wh whoever was in charge of the operation the year that they added this brick addition uh -huh. on um, put a flat roof on it uh -huh. in Minnesota yeah, right, come on right, right. Where's, who's yeah. who's got yeah. a thought process so. that does something like that uh -huh. you know in Minnesota right. maybe in New Mexico <laughs> <laughs> but you recycled and reused you know yeah, basically yeah. using the old brick well that flat roof mm -hmm. um, and I was doing you know woodworking and cabinet making and and remodeling mm -hmm. on the side right to pay the bills right. and uh, okay. um, the uh, um, cabinet making came because I, I really I didn't have enough I was making furniture. Uh huh. I didn't have enough income coming in making furniture for, for people because, you know, basically I'm trying to be affordable for my neighbors. Right, right. And none of them could afford to pay a decent wage to a, you know, a hippie type who was right. making 
furniture for him, but you know, a lot of the local neighbors were really supportive and uh-huh. allowed me to make some really creative stuff. Cool, nice. In fact, this nice. table here with those carved, you know, mm-hmm. lion yeah. claw feet there, um, I made this for a neighbor. Oh, wow. Who showed me a picture of one in, in uh, a Kmart catalog oh. back when there was a Kmart. Uh-huh. Right. And the Kmart table didn't have carved feet. It had just a profile band sawed out. Oh, uh-huh. And it, yep. it was particle board with oak veneer on it. Oh, jeez. That's a and, real table. And he said, well, this table's, I think he said, 400 bucks from Kmart. And then he showed me one that was in a furniture magazine that was 1200 bucks that had real solid oak uh-huh. and carved feet. And he says, um, we like the price on this Kmart one, but we like this <laughs> other one. And I said, you know what? There's a lot of difference between those two tables. Yeah, yeah. And I'll do the best I can. Right. So I, I made this table, mm-hmm. and I figured my wage at $2 an hour. Mm-hmm. And it came out to 600 bucks. Yeah. And the lumber in this, I hand-selected some, you know, quarter-sawn oak. Uh-huh. With, see the figure in that quarter-sawn yep. oak? They call that tiger oak. Okay. Because yep. it's, uh, each board is sawed, it's, each board is sawed through those rays mm-hmm. that you see in an oak log. So it, it opens up the ray, and it, ray, ray, and it creates these, uh, tiger, you know. Right. Um, figures in the lumber. So I told him, I said, well, the cheapest I can sell this table is 600 bucks. Right, yeah. And if you can't yeah. pay that, then I'm going to keep it. Uh-huh. And I'm glad I did, because there have been yeah. a lot of very, very good, good times. fellowship times uh-huh. around this table, and it serves as the, the table that when we have a concert, right. People come and they gather around this table, cooking food up uh-huh. for the concert, and uh-huh. and uh, we actually had a potluck dinner around this this table with Eugene McCarthy. Oh, really? You know, and the room was full of people. Wow! I have a cool. picture. I can run and get it if you want to show yeah? it on your radio show. Oh well, maybe <laughs> we can get it later and we'll add it in later, and you guys can see the picture out there. <laughs> you can describe it. Oh yeah, there's, there's Eugene. We both chuckle a bit about showing photos on the radio. But the story of the table brings us to the reason I stumbled upon the Oak Center General Store to begin with. Music. You see, part of every musical performance that happens here is the sharing of a farm-fresh meal. Shows at the General Store are more than just a musical performance. They are about sharing art, ideas, and community. Musicians seem to love playing the store as well. Like I said, singer-songwriter John Smith said, It's like playing inside of a guitar. The list of artists that have performed here over the years is full of recognizable names, including Mark Olson from the Jayhawks, Greg Brown, Charlie Parr, David Huckfeld, and also his former band The Pines, Humbird, Eric Koskinen, Chris Coza, The Federales, Molly Mayer, Pistol Whip and Party Penguins, Dean McGraw, and Bill Staines, who had played here every year for over 40 years right up until his death this past year. How did you start having shows? Like, what was your vision when you, when you bought this in 76? What were your plans for it? You know, what, uh, um, because if I remember right, you told me you weren't doing shows right away. No, in the no, I was living in a commune. Okay. And I was kind of, I had come out of, you know, had gone to college and 
Chicago on the north mm -hmm. side, and I started college in 1968. Okay. The year of the Chicago, it started out the Chicago Eight. They called them the Conspiracy Eight. Oh. The Vietnam War was raging. Right. My draft number was 35. So if I would have not gotten, if I wouldn't have gotten good grades, uh -huh. and actually I was, I have a, there kind of, I had a scholarship going to this school, and oh, it was wow. a good school, and, mm -hmm. and I was pre-med when I started. And okay. I, and, uh, you know, I had a, a student deferment, mm -hmm. right. which right. I tried to give up because I thought I felt guilty. So anyway, I tried to give up my deferment because mm -hmm. I had a certain amount of guilt for right. having that, yeah, yeah. that, you know, maybe, you know, the smarts and the, and the what, what it takes to, you know, as mm -hmm. a young child, the encouragement to learn mm -hmm. science and, and to, you know, do right. all that stuff. Right. And I don't, I don't want to deny that all the opportunities I had as a young child mm -hmm. that led to my being able to, to graduate from my little town, right, and go to school, you know, salutarian oh, nice. of my class, and nice. and uh, even the cops even gave me an athlete citizen trophy at the at the awards banquet at the end of the year. Oh wow! Even though the police chief was trying to get me busted for. <laughs> For some drugs that my parents <laughs> turned me in for. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> that sounds like a whole other story. <laughs> yeah, that is oh, a whole other story. So anyway, um, when I my vision when I first moved here was coming from a commune that was called the Orinoco G Church. Okay. But so when I first moved here, I had left college. Uh huh. In the. Uh, you know, it was '72 when I graduated from college. Having gone through the whole anti-war protests and uh -huh. and the conspiracy eight trials and and uh, you know the Crosby, Stills and Nash singing about your brothers bound mm -hmm. and gagged, you know right. that was all happening right while I was down there going to school mm -hmm. and right. um, it all distorted my brain and made me a commie hippie people right, pagan right, liberal. Right. <laughs> so then you're in the commune here in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. And it's you know build the whole new world from the. Uh -huh. We were pretty ambitious. Right. Build the whole new world from a, the ground from the roots up, oh, you know, right, and right. start with, with the land and stop using chemicals on mm -hmm. the land and, mm -hmm. and form co-ops, build a new right. economy, building cooperative economics. Mm -hmm. and um, Well, it's, it sounds like, like the, the experiences, you know, in the commune and stuff like that in, in the time period, you know, um, it sounds like that carried through here at the the store and with the farm. Well, and, yeah, like I, mean, I said, I was permanently affected. Right. So what did you? So you got this in '76 again, and and then what? What did you do right away with it? Like, what was your? Did you just start the farm? Well, or? at that time, I was calling myself a missionary farmer. Okay. Okay. And I was trying to uh, to become sort of the the lead. Uh, um, not the lead, but one of the advance guard mm -hmm. of the, you know, organic back to the land movement okay. here in right here. in my home state of Minnesota. Uh huh. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, um, you know, it actually uh, my my neighbors were kind of uh, a little bit wary, mm -hmm. skeptical, 
when some guy with a with long hair and a long hair and a beard mm-hmm. moves in, and uh, um, some families around here wouldn't let their kids come in the store. I think they probably was were afraid that I was going to offer them some Kool Aid. Oh right, right, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Clash of ideals, right? You know. And you know what? My family, my mom and dad were totally. You know, don't you know pro Nixon all the uh-huh, way through that right, whole Vietnam right, War right. and uh, anti JFK. Mm-hmm. You know oh, because wow. he was Catholic oh. and because he was a Democrat. Right. There's two strikes two against strikes him there. there. Yeah. So you know, I used to. It was it was definitely a, a challenge to get through Thanksgiving mm-hmm. dinners and that. Yeah, household. yeah. So you got the store, and so, you're doing and missionary agriculture work, right? How did that right? lead into music? How did music? that lead into the music? Yeah, because you have so, and I don't think we've even mentioned that yet. But you know, it's it's a general store out front. You have, you know, the wood shop you had next door, you know, adjacent here. But upstairs, there's this like beautiful concert room, like meeting room, kind of, you know, right, with a built-in stage, and you know, how did how did you? Well, like I started to say, um, when I first got this place, uh-huh. the stories from old timers came oh, in through the doors. Right. Okay. And, uh, um, you know, I heard a whole lot of the history of everything that had happened here, you know, including, you know, the bootlegging story about the Seawirts and, mm-hmm. and, and people telling their kids that they couldn't come in here because I was a a communist and, oh, wow. and uh, um, you know but it was my vision to to be a missionary for this back to the land peace movement that mm-hmm. had been you know in the beginning stages and was growing and becoming it swept the globe right there were people becoming hippies in Europe and even in Russia mm-hmm. here you know from talking to people that are, are Russians that I have met in and, mm-hmm. and, uh, um, South America. That whole right. back-to-the-land, you know, love, peace, hippie thing, uh-huh. it touched people all across the globe. Right, yeah. Um, the, uh, um, so, hello. hello. We're kind hello. of in the middle of an interview here, Jill. <laughs> oh, it's okay. No we, problem. I can just bring our wood in and I'll... You know what? Um, if, if you can avoid stuff that's got nails and screws in it, I dump my ash... At this point, Stephen's friend Jill stops by with some firewood for him. As they say, it takes a village. And it really does. A whole community of people chip in to help Stephen and keep this place going. My grandson brought in a whole bunch of boxes of wood, just the right size, all clean hardwood from their farm. He's got a sawmill down there now, and he's building kilns. But they they brought up a bunch of huge, this box is like this, oh, nice. full of wood, and carried it all upstairs. So oh, good, so you got it upstairs. Yep. So we'll just keep this. Um, matter of fact, I can even stop in the morning and drop what I have. Is yeah. That, is that working out? That's fine. Well, That's I fine. will drop that by in the morning, and you guys continue on. And here, I'll give my puppies their <laughs> treats. And I'm going to get out of your hair. There you are. Mm-hmm. And I'll see you 
Well, I won't see you in the morning, but I'll see the kitty. <laughs> All right, thanks, Joe. Thank you, Steve. Yeah, nice meeting, meeting you. you. Yes. So, cool. where were so, we? Uh, well, we were talking about how, how folk you transitioned forum got started. into yeah, folk forum. This yeah. friend of ours, mm-hmm. David, was coming by, and I mentioned the fact that we used to have this really great little get together in Orinoco back when I lived in the commune. Okay. And we would show movies. Do the movies and everything. And yeah. David said, well, you can check movies out from the Rochester Public Library. Let's do that again. Oh. So he, he rented a projector and brought it up and we watched a couple movies and, and that sufficed for a short while. And mm-hmm. then I, I got an old used projector from the Episcopal Church in Lake City that was not using their projector anymore. It's, mm-hmm. You've probably run these before, the, the kind where the, it gets a loose loop, loose loop of film and it goes flap, flap, oh, flap, yeah. flap yeah, while yeah. you're watching the movie. Yeah. And somebody has to jump up and mm-hmm. go over and Fix it. straighten yeah, it out yeah. so that you can start the movie again and the sound. As it starts up, it goes, uh-huh, no kind yep, of thing. Yep. And so uh, um, after doing those movies for a little while, um, David says, let's do a square dance. Oh. So we hosted a bunch of musicians from, you know, Winona area. Nice. Um, who called themselves the Sugar Hill String Band. Okay. Um, it was the... The Wheeler sisters, uh, uh, Betsy Wheeler and, oh. and uh, um, oh gosh, I'm forgetting the name of, uh, they had, one of them was a fiddle player and uh, um, the, oh gosh, the, I'll think of it as soon as we're done right. with this Yeah, interview. of course, of course. But, uh, but so yeah, but the, so you had got them. Sugar Hill String Band came right. up, and we, we had Bob Bovey and Gail Heil oh, nice. called the I first like square dance. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Gail died a few years ago. Okay, yeah, I don't know her. I didn't know her. Yeah, they so. always used to come together. And okay. Pop Wagner used to yeah. come and call once in a while. And um, the square dances filled the place up. I bet. With back-to-the-lander-homesteader types. Right. You know those old hippie types, uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. who had gotten back to the land. They right. came out of the hills. Yeah, I bet. And uh, um, it was great times. Uh-huh. And, and and I think we had maybe a, more than 100 people for a square dance, wow. which, you know, you have to kind of have everybody, you know, sitting on. We had buckets, five-gallon buckets with boards on them and uh-huh. whatever and didn't have enough. <laughs> old rocking chairs and old kitchen chairs uh-huh. to seat everybody. Uh-huh. So pretty much everybody had to be standing up or dancing. And with we had, I think, I'm trying to remember how many squares we had going up there. I think it was, I think it, we probably had at least two squares going. And maybe it was three if we could kind of uh, nest the squares in a way that would fit across the room. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have all those beautiful old chairs that I have now. So we had, um, and actually that wasn't the first music. The first music was the first year after, you know, my, my first wife, Nan. Square dancing. Well... 
There's more to this story than that. In fact, it involves square dancing and one heck of a wild night with some drunken bikers and a huge revelation about folk music. This concludes part one of the story. I hope you tune in next Thursday for the conclusion of our story on the Oak Center General Store and our interview with Stephen Schwen. Thanks to Stephen Schwen, owner of the Oak Center General Store, for joining us today on Culture Click. For more information on the Oak Center General Store, go to oakcentergeneralstore.com. To keep up on all things Winona and the surrounding area, tune into Culture Click Thursdays at 1230, right here on 89.5 KQAL. I'm Bill Stoneberg, and I hope that you will join us again next week for the conclusion of our look into the Oak Center General Store on Culture Click. Creating cultural awareness and understanding. You've been listening to Culture Click. Support for Culture Click is made possible by the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Culture Click is produced by KQALFM on the campus of Winona State University. For more information, look us up on the web at kqal.org. And thanks for listening to Culture Click.